the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. For we believe that Jesus died and rose again. And so we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who've fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left into the coming of the Lord, will certainly not precede those who've fallen asleep. For the Lord himself will come down from heaven. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Take your copy of God's Word and turn to the Gospel of Luke, the first chapter, Luke chapter 1. And then I want to encourage you to grab a pen, pencil, lipstick, mascara, Crayola, something you can write with, perhaps it's just your finger, and and then grab something you can write on because this is a very practical, simple time in God's Word where I think God may place on your heart some application that you want to put into practice. I remember the first time I left Florida in the winter after living here. I was living in southwest Florida. I was taking a flight back up north, and I knew it was going to be cold, but I was caught off guard by another change. As as the plane began to land, I, I noticed everything outside of the windows was brown, It was so depressing. The grass was brown. The trees were brown. The clouds were gray. It was, I was missing the green grass and the green palm trees and the sunshine of Florida. This time of year, people all over the world hold on to the evergreen trees. Whether they are live trees, like in some of your homes, or artificial evergreens, like in our home, the evergreen is is kind of a symbol of Christmas. As we enter into the Christmas season as a church, I want us to use the idea of the evergreen to think about something else that's unchanging. And that is the unchanging character of of the God that we worship, the unchanging nature of the one whose birth we celebrate. And we're going to zero in on some specific elements that are unchanging. And they're outlined for us in Romans chapter 15, verse 13. So let me read that verse before we go and hear from Dr. Luke. Romans 15, 13 says this, may the God of hope, say hope, fill you with all joy, say joy, and peace, say peace, As you trust him, say trust, so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. We're going to focus on these four things, the hope, the faith or the trust, the joy and the peace that are unchanging 
in Jesus Christ. Today, we're focusing on hope. Before we get into that, I want to take you to maybe a dark place. Sorry. But can you think back to a time when you felt hopeless? Maybe you were in despair. Perhaps it was the death of a loved one or the loss of a marriage or utter failure in your life. And and you just couldn't quite figure out how to get out of that hole, how to go forward. As people sometimes say, you were at the end of the rope or, or you were done But something happened because you're here. Uh, Hopefully today as we go through a story of one of the most familiar and most beloved individuals in all of history, hopefully you'll be reminded of something that happened. But perhaps, perhaps you're in that state. You've come and, and hope is at least somewhat lost. You're overwhelmed in this moment. Maybe it's your physical health. Maybe it's your marital condition. Maybe it's just that the facts of the future are the uncertainty as a student of of what it is that you're going to do with your life. And you wonder, how do I go forward? How do I find hope? I believe there are answers in the story of Mary. This is Dr. Luke. In Luke 1, in verse 26, this is the word of God. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son and you are to call him, let's say that name together, Jesus. He will be great and will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. (laughs) How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I'm a virgin. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. Do you believe that last sentence, church? No word from God will ever fail. Let's pray together once more. So, Father, in the name of Jesus, we have just read your word. So we know you're speaking to us. And we've read a specific promise in your word that your word will not fail. We, we think back of other promises that tell us your word will not return void or, or without impact. And so our prayer is simple. 
that you would continue to speak to us, that you would give us what we need that we don't have, that you would teach us what we've not yet learned, but we need to know, and that you'd make us, shape us, change us into different men and women, boys and girls, people of all ages that reflect you, the hope of the world. And Lord, I pray that the words I say and even my thoughts would be pleasing to you. For you're my strength, you're my redeemer. Oh, and Jesus, as as we talk about hope, would you save someone today who hears these words? Would you change someone for all eternity? Because they've listened to your message today. And we're going to say thank you in advance for doing that. Even as I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. This is an extremely simple and very practical message. Because all of us can relate to that need for hope. Right? We say that often as we gather together. You're going to need hope because either you're in a storm. You've just come out of a storm. Or you don't have a clue. But you're headed into a storm. And in the storms of life, when the waves come and and we feel tossed and turned, those are the moments we desperately need hope. So the question is, what do we do when hope is needed? In this passage of scripture that we just read, you find, again, a very familiar story. This is kind of the beginning of what we would call the Christmas story. It's the origin story, if you will, of Jesus, the Christ, the Messiah, born into a world that, guess what? Needed hope. For 400 years, even the people of God, the children of Israel, they felt like God had been silent. They were waiting, looking for answers, needing someone, something to help them. Their civilization had been destroyed. They were just existing with a promise, a promise that a better day, another day, a new day is coming. And it's in that setting that an angel appears to a teenage girl, 15 to 16 years old. Mary was already engaged. Now, I know we have some young ladies that age in this room. That's too young to be engaged today. She was already engaged to be married, but she was living a pure life. She was not living with the one she was engaged to be married to, nor had they consummated their relationship. And so she was just a part of this hopeless society. And yet in the interaction that she has with Gabriel the angel, I think we see what we do when hope is needed. So let me give you four things, very simple. First of all, when hope is needed, God sends a messenger. God sends a messenger. Don't you love angel stories? We're kind of intrigued by that. Years ago, there was a real popular show on TV called Touched by an Angel. Everybody just loved to watch what would happen when that angel shows up. But the reality is God's word says that angels 
are still at work. It says we live in a spiritual realm because in our, in our battles spiritually, we're battling not against flesh and blood, but we're battling against spiritual forces. This is an encounter with an angel, but the reality is all throughout the Old Testament, God sent messengers, sometimes angels, sometimes people, to talk about his hope. Let me give you a few examples. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. In 2 Samuel chapter 7 and verse 12, it says, When your days are over, David, and you rest with your ancestors, I will raise up your offspring to succeed you, your own flesh and blood, and I will establish his kingdom. He is the one who will build a house for my name, and I will establish the throne of his kingdom forever. Just a message of hope. Or how about this one from Isaiah 7 and verse 14? Therefore, the Lord himself will give you a sign. The virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Isaiah the prophet, just a messenger of hope. He, in verse 9, in chapter 9 and verse 6, again, we have a message of hope from Isaiah. For to us, a child is born. To us, a son is given. And the government will be on his shoulders. And he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, a message of hope. The prophet, the messenger of hope, Micah, in Micah chapter 5 and verse 2. But to you, Bethlehem, Epaphra, though you are small among the clans of Judah, out of you will come from me one who will be ruler over all of Israel, whose origins are from old, from ancient times. A message of hope. God's messenger sometimes spoke in times of deep, deep despair. Jeremiah, the prophet, was talking to the children of Israel when they were captive in Babylon. They were going to be ruled by the Babylonians for 70 years. And yet God sent a messenger of hope who says, I know the plans for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope and a future. I want you to be aware sometimes God's messengers of hopes are the people around us. Sometimes he still uses angels. Maybe you're like me and... I think there are times that um, angels have been a part of my life. In in fact, I've been struck for more than 30 years by something I heard my father-in-law say. We were driving through Houston, Texas, and we passed a homeless person where I grew up in South Carolina. We had not seen that very much. And so I, I noticed that he stopped and and he gave that person something. And, and so a, a conversation ensued. And, and I remember him saying, you know, you never know when you're entertaining angels unaware. The Bible says this about angels in Psalms 91, 11, For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Who are the messengers of hope in your life? In, in my life, I... 
I've been really blessed. I recognize that. I, I grew up in a godly home. So the first messengers of hope were my parents. My, my dad and my mom, they were constantly breathing hope into me. Um, and, and then I grew up in church because as godly parents, they knew that they should prioritize the things that would make a difference in my life. And, and so, man, I could just name people, people like Mr. Tommy Ganey and people like Mr. Kimsey Tollison. They were always old. As long as I can remember, they were old. But they were involved in speaking hope into my life. Miss Elizabeth Dean speaking hope as an older lady into my life. But then there were some younger folks too, folks like Paula Stanley or, or, or people like Doug and Becky Winters, a young couple in their 30s who had a couple of kids, but they spent time with youth in our church and they were just breathing hope into our lives. And then I went off to seminary and Kimberly and I started dating and then got married. And man, there was a couple. He, he used to be an athletic director at a university, and now he's a pastor at a church. His, his name was John West. John and Charlotte West, man, they breathed hope into our life. They were messengers of hope. And all throughout my life and ministry, God's given me people like that. And in Georgia, there are people like Jerry Kirkpatrick and, and Becky Black that just regularly spoke hope in, into my life. And in Florida, I think of a man named Jack Pip, who just regularly, I saw him again recently, and he just still spoke hope into my life. Out of Missouri, there are people like the DeGraffin Reeds and the Snyders who were just constantly breathing hope into my life. And, and then God God moved us here, and at risk of hurting someone's feelings, I hate to do that, but there are so many people that breathe hope. People like Robert Holt, who every morning, every Sunday morning, including this day, he sends me a text with several sentences just letting me know he's praying for me as I preach the word today, just breathing hope into my life. Friends like Greg Cronus, who, who, who even when I'm having a bad day, might just shoot me a text and say, hey, I'm thinking about this and let be encouraged by this. Or, oh, sweet Mary Shellnut, who is constantly just breathing hope into my life. Now, why would I give you all those names? Because when hope is needed, God sends messengers of hope. And it may be an angel like Gabriel, but it, it may be somebody that's sitting on the road near you. I want you to think about in your life. This is where you might want to write something down. Who have been some of the messengers of hope in your life? Who've been some of the people that, man, when you felt like, I don't know if I can continue, they've given you the courage to continue. They've, they've helped you keep fighting. They've let you know it's worth going forward. I would jot down their name right now. Here's why. Uh, because if you're like me, you might forget again. And you probably need to text them or call them or write them a little note and just let them know what they mean to you. But here's another one. Who in your little corner of the world needs a messenger of hope? Maybe it's in your family or in your neighborhood or in your classroom. Who needs to know that there is hope? And you know, those of us who gather here in a place and a space like this, we sing and, and we smile and we read the Bible and we declare that we've got hope, but that's not to be kept to ourselves. 
We're supposed to share that. That's why in Peter, Peter tells us in 1 Peter 3, 15, but in your hearts, revere Christ as Lord. Always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you the reason for the hope that you have. Who in your little corner world needs hope? Because here's what I know. When hope is needed, God will always send a messenger of hope. Now, to the children of Israel, he sent Gabriel to a teenage girl. So that's where we learn the second thing I want you to get today. When hope is needed, God has a message. What's the message? And maybe the message for that person in your little corner of the world is is just a word of encouragement. You don't have to be a a theologian or even a Sunday school teacher to encourage somebody. Everybody likes to be encouraged. That word just means to put courage into, and all of us need somebody to build into us. But the angel to Mary had a specific message. You know what the message was? There's actually several things. One of the things he said is, "Hey, hey, Mary, God knows you. And can I just tell you, you need to be aware, regardless of how alone you feel, or regardless of, of what you're going through, regardless of where you've been, the creator of the universe knows you. He knows your name. He knows your needs. As a friend of mine said to me many, many years ago, Paul, God knows your address. He knows where to find you. You're not lost. But, but not just he knows you, he cares about you. That's what Gabriel told Mary. You are favored, but that's not just for married. The, the Bible tells us that we can cast our cares on God. Why? Because he cares for us. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done, no matter where you've been, the God of the universe cares about you. That's a good message, isn't it? But not just that. He knows you. He he cares about you. and, And he is with you. God is with you. Remember, that's what Mary was told that people are going to refer to her son as Emmanuel. God with us. But all of that was just a side message because the overarching message that the the angel Gabriel gave to Mary was summed up in one name, the name that she was to call her son. Gabriel said, Mary, you're going to call him Jesus. Say that name with me, Jesus. You know what that means? Like a lot of names, that name has meaning. And, And it simply means The one who saves. So the message that God was sending is is to the people of Israel. And it's still a message that applies to us today. And here's the message. God will save you. Jesus still saves. Isn't that good news? Jesus still saves. We celebrate that because we talk about what we call the gospel or the good news. And we've just been studying through Romans, and and in Romans, you can have what some people call the Romans Road that really outlines that gospel, the good news. So here it is, just in case you've never heard it. In Romans 3.23, we have just the reality. It says, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. 
It just reminds us we're all in the same boat. We're not necessarily all bad people, but we are all sinners. We've all missed God's design. Romans 3.23. The next verse, Romans 6.23. You know what it says? The wages or the payment, the punishment for sin is guess what? Death. The punishment for sin is death. And the Bible even teaches where that takes place. It's death in hell. But for, fortunately, the verse doesn't end there. It says the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life. And the Bible tells us where that takes place, in heaven with Jesus. So how do I get that? That's the one I want, the gift. Well, Romans 5.8. Romans 5.8 says that God demonstrates his love in that while I was still a sinner, Christ died for me. So what I hear about Jesus dying on the cross, that death that he suffered, it was to take that punishment for my sin. He paid my wage, the wage that I deserve, the wage that you deserve because you're a sinner. Jesus paid that wage. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.